The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. And welcome back. It's 551551. That's our text number. I should say, actually, Oksana Karbiska in Kildare. She's a great woman. And uh, remember, she's doing it all voluntarily while out on a physical injury. And she actually said to me afterwards there that she's uh, she's going to keep doing the interpreting job even when she gets back to work with the Irish Wheelchair Association. And she's very grateful to that great organisation for how well they've treated her as well. Uh, Some of your messages as well. Good morning, Oliver. The start of that Divine Comedy song you played earlier. In fact, a lot of it. Sounds like something from Bridgerton. Love to hear you in the show. This up the Farney Army, Stony Grey Soil. You see, they're plumossing me there at the end because they knew Bridgerton would put me right off. Uh, if that's your pop culture references now, uh, Divine Comedy now w- w- existed long before any of that. But uh, yeah, okay, pop and classical. We'll, we'll give it to you. Uh, now, I knew this would happen the minute I mentioned uh, JFK claiming Shannon as Limerick. Listen here, says this texter. Limerick took Kilkee decades ago. They bypassed Ennis, Lissy Casey and Kilrush in their rush to get here. But now they've been citing, there have been sighting of L-registered cars in Seafield, Spanish Point and Lynch. Nothing is sacred when that L crowd go a-hunting, says someone who describes themselves as Banner Lady. So it's kicking off down there. Actually, in Clare, they, when they see Dublin, they call them the Down from Dublins, often is what they do. Anyway, um... Let's turn to something completely different now. Our guest this morning is in studio with us. He's had a lifelong interest in military history, particularly World War II. As a journalist, Joseph McCabe has interviewed many war veterans, but he remembers one particularly fondly because it inspired him to write a book. It's called Rebels to Reels. It tells the story of Daniel A. McGovern. It's an amazing story. It's about a Monaghan man who photographed and filmed the aftermath of the nuclear bomb attack on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. So, you know, a topic that's not entirely suitable for small children, but Leaving Cert students will find it, I think, useful and very interesting. Author Joseph McCabe is here to tell us more. You're Joseph McCabe on the book, but you're Joe, aren't you, Joe? I am indeed, Oliver. (laughs) Well, good morning and thanks for coming in to us. Thank you very much. So Dan McGovern, he's an Irishman. How did you come across this story? Well... I got a phone call one morning in my capacity as a, a reporter in Carrick Macross, our local mm-hmm. historian then, Marita Hughes, telephoned me and she, she knew I had an interest in this sort of stuff anyway. But apart from that, she said, Joe, there's a man down here in the library, she says, I think you just have to meet. Yeah. And I said, who's that? She says, he's, he's Dan McGovern, but just come down, you're going to have to meet him. And I said, fine, that's grand. And she said, oh, oh, and bring your camera. So well, that was fine. Down I go anyway and walked in. And she met me at the door and she, she motioned over to this very, very tall man standing in the library. Yeah. She, just, she introduced me to Lieutenant Colonel Daniel A. McGovern, as his card said later, retired. Okay. This immediately got my interest, given the interest that I so had. he's a striking the, figure. He, he and, was and he six tells you, foot five tall, yeah. big striking man. And did you find out his story pretty much straight away? He just said he was an Air Force colonel and that, and he, the first thing he said to me when we sat down for an interview was, you know, he says, I was reared in this town. Now, this is amazing, isn't it? Because you obviously didn't know about this. No, no. Yeah. I'd never heard of, of, of Don McGovern. And he said, uh, I was reared in this town. He says, my father was an RIC sergeant yeah. way back before independence. Uh, in the town here, yes, he said. And, uh, you know, I lived in the barracks in Carrick Macross up there. You lived up there? Yes, that's right, he said. And then he went on a little bit more and he said, you know, Back in the time of the Troubles, he says, I experienced all that. I said, you experienced all that? Yes, he said. He says, you know, I, I used to ride with the black and tans, he said. Oh, right, OK. And that 
certainly got my interest. Those troubles. Those troubles. The 1920s. Uh, and it's a incredible story because he was obviously a young man. He leaves, he goes to uh, to America, essentially. He, 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 was a, he was a young boy then. He was, I think, uh, 10, 11. He grew up from, he was about two years of age. He actually... And joins the US Air Force. He, before that, he actually lived in Enniskeen. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Did very, you know well a few years before time across? Yeah, yeah. Goes to, uh, he emigrates to America. He gets an interest in photography. He eventually joins the US, United States Air National Guard and he he becomes a cameraman. And he eventually goes on to become, so good did he get at it, uh, the, 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 the official cameraman and photographer to the President of the United States, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah. But before that, just to backtrack a little bit, he talked to, to, about uh, filming um, uh, coastal artillery practices on, on Lake Ontario in, 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 mid, up, uh, New, in New York State and he talked about, he said there was one particular group of gunners, he says they, were, they won everything, they were fantastic and I said who were they Dan? He says well they were white Russians he says, they were the Cossacks right. but you know where are the Cossacks from? The Ukraine so the history yes. goes back quite a bit as you can see Incredible there. And um, he was in Hollywood for a period, wasn't he? He was the, he, but the reason he went to Hollywood after he was with the president, Frank, Del, Frank Delano Roosevelt, um, he was one of the designated photographer cameras to him, cameramen to him. He, he went on then, he was hand, hand, cherry-picked basically to, to set up the combat camera training school for the United States Army Air Forces as it was then. This was just after World War II. Uh, yeah. The Americans had entered the Second World War goes to Hollywood, he set up the, 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 the school there, he set up the method of how they were trained, it was a 17-week course, and every cameraman that, that, that came in afterwards, it was his school that he set up under the auspices of the United States Army Air Forces that they were trained through. McGovern himself then went on to, he was applied to England, so that was in 1943, mm-hmm. and he was in Chelveston with the 305th Bomb Group, flew six very hazardous combat missions, was involved in two crash landings and then he went back to America at that stage. I mean, they were literally bombing um, fuel depots in Germany were, in the Second were, World War. They were, but more, So is he yeah. the cameraman on board? He What's was, he there were several other cameramen, but he was the main guy there with, 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 with one of the main 8th Air Force cameramen there. And he filmed for William Wyler, but the director, Hollywood director of, of uh, later, Ben Hoare. Oh, wow. he, yeah, he he filmed on the Memphis Bell a story of a flying fortress, and you, some people out there may know or remember the film Memphis Bell, yeah. and that was based on that documentary. But after the crash landings, he went back to America for a spell before deploying to the Pacific. He had enough, and this is where his most fascinating contribution to history really happens. I isn't it? would agree with that totally because so it's yeah. 1945. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, can you take us through what he's doing in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Yeah. The first thing was um, he in the first week of September, he goes in. He was he was ordered over into Japan. He was among one of the first group of Americans into Japan altogether, and his job was to assist a group of corresp- American correspondents, top flight correspondents coming in from. America, that they wanted to see Japan, and were, it was the main thing they were supposed to be doing was to uh, interview POWs and stuff. But of mm. course, the bigger picture was Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But but MacArthur had actually uh, uh, put, they weren't allowed in there. He 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 didn't want yeah. anybody to get in there. General MacArthur, he was head of the Allied he forces. Was the, in the he Pacific. was he was indeed he was the, the head of the so Allied it's powers. Only, it's a month after yes the atomic bomb is dropped on those cities. 
Um, so, you know, what's what's he doing there, and um, what's General MacArthur? You know, how do, how do they keep that dynamic? Because he's no, trying to really stop the images he didn't going re- out. Exactly. He? That's more or less what yeah. happened. But the correspondence, reporters being reporters, they will find ways of getting to the story regardless of what happens. Yeah. And they bent the rules a little bit and got in there. In actual fact, Dan McGovern, as a United States Army Air Force cameraman, was the only one legally supposed to be there. Right. But he was there and he started to film the devastation around him. And the book outlines, Rebel Streets outlines how he filmed what he saw there. That was the initial bit of it. So he filmed, he, he filmed Troy Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Nagasaki first. And then later on, he, 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 he joins what was called the United States Strategic Bomb Survey. Mm-hmm. And under the auspices of that, he starts to fill him in colour. Right, right okay. through, not yeah. just Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but right through Japan. Yeah. And he spent, he spent in total nine months in Japan filming. Crucial documenting of, of what yes, we're talking about. We should yeah. kind of put it in context at the time because obviously people are now very sadly used and quite familiar with images of devastation really after war. Yeah. But this is all quite new to the eyes of people uh, in this era. I mean, it must have been pretty shocking even for him. There were be. no images of any. Remember, this was yeah. the first and only time this has ever happened. Yeah. The American government in particular didn't want any of this get, getting out. They were a little bit cagey about it, understandably so. Mm. And he would need to see McGovern went into the hospitals. He went in and filmed the graphic stuff, yeah. which, you know, um, understandably was going to be upsetting to a lot of people. But he filmed everything. But he also filmed some lighter moments there as well. And over, he, he then went on ahead and he went all around Japan later on. But what happened when he went back to America was he, he made two, he, he, he found Japanese cameramen who were filming who had been there firstly yes. before he arrived. Even before, yeah. Yeah. And they had been told to stop filming by MacArthur's people. And the next thing he goes along and he says to them, you keep filming, I'm going to arrange it. So he, he makes a film, gets them to make a film under his direction called Effects of the Atomic Bomb on, on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And then he films in total over nine months another 100,000 feet of colour footage and Incredible. all ends up in the National Archives, but not before it was suppressed by the United States government. Yes, so if it wasn't, can you explain what he did to save this, um, this film that could have been just... He locked did. away or never seen he, well, or destroyed. They were they were go- they, they made they made a move to move to 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 um, lift all this this uh, footage and everything else. He made a copy of effects of the atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and he hid it away in in the, in the ark. He did kept he? he kept one at home. He told me. Wow. But he kept another one. Dangerous, by the way. Dangerous. Like yeah. it was risky quite stuff. a risky thing yeah. to do. And years later, of course, um, when it was actually um, Senator Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, was looking for this film in 1967 uh, in the the, um, United States Film Depository, Mm -hmm. uh, it turns out anyway that she can't find it. But of course, McGovern has a plan B. And finally, the film starts to emerge. Yeah, it's an incredible story because... You know, even to this day, it's the only footage we have of, uh, you know, nuclear war devastation, isn't it? It is. And it serves as a reminder of... It's a reminder. And it's all in the US National Archives. And of course, McGovern told me, you know, that's all I ever wanted to do. His his, his, uh, thing was not... It wasn't about him. It was about cameramen like him and about yeah. getting the story out. He, but of course, it was suppressed for years and that, that bothered him a little bit. Yeah. Amazing because... Um, 
you know, a young fella from Monaghan who ends up kind of keeping and restoring and maintaining this this crucial yeah. uh, documentary evidence, really, isn't it? Of the it it is. It, it, it's 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 there's no doubt about it. It's 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 uh, it's the definitive atomic footage we have today. Yeah. Tell me about Roswell and his connection there. Oh, that's a, that's an intriguing one. <laughs> Put your tin hats on. Well, he, he, Garvin told me he was in Roswell when all this was going on. And I did on research later, of course, I didn't press him too much on it. But on mm. research later, I found out that uh, he, indeed he was based in Washington, D.C. at okay. the Pentagon. Yeah. And for some reason, the United States Air Force decided to send people from Washington, when, despite the fact that there was other cameramen closer by, closer oh, by to Roswell. Okay. So that would fit. But years later, in 1995, a film emerged that a lot of people would be familiar with out there, and that was the Centelli film, it's called. Yeah. And it's of an alien autopsy. Those of you, I'm sure people out there have seen it. Allegedly. Allegedly, of course, <laughs> allegedly. But and Dan, he, he was asked to view this, was he? To Dan was corroborate. asked. He was he was asked because he knew everybody mm-hmm. in the in the in the in the cam, combat cameraman fraternity, he, as old and retired as he was, and he offered his services to to vet this footage, of course. But the full story of it, what happened or what what didn't happen, yeah. is in it. Is in the book, you know. So, yeah, and of course he says there was no UFO. It was probably he, a handy distraction, was it? Because he knew the military had things yeah, they didn't want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he knew all about um, Area Fifty One and all these different places. He worked in all these yeah. places before they became what they are today. For example, when you met him that time, then in in the, in the library in Carrick Macross mm. in nineteen ninety nine, was he upset talking about uh, what he saw in Hiroshima? No, Nagasaki? he he wasn't really. He wasn't really. A lot of years had passed. He was battle hardened. Um, he had battle hardened. He really was, you know. And, and uh, was he back looking for his roots and where he came from and all of he that? He was, and you know, another man that you know very well, our <laughs> local historian Larry McDermott. Oh yes, yes, yes. In the course of the 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 interview I was conducting with with Dan McGovern, he landed over and he said, "Look, he says I found this." He says, and the local publican had written written this down in, a, in in some diary or something. Yeah, the McGovern family. Left today, and he said it was a dull day. But, but <laughs> he had and Dan, the Dan had the date wrong. He thought he left on a particular date in September. Oh right, but but uh, you, you need a local to historian to get those little. Listen, yeah. it's a fascinating encounter. Yeah. You spent years researching it. Rebels to Reels, yeah. a biography of combat cameraman Daniel A. McGovern uh, by Joseph McCabe. It's been a pleasure, Joseph. And I should say, Rebels to Reels You can see some of the footage. You can see the footage kept. there. Yeah. The people and that's an amazing. Idea. What, yeah. what what he filmed and what he was involved in, you know. So. It's incredible and well worth doing it. Thanks for coming in and the best of luck with it. Thank you very much, Cheers, Oliver. Joe. Take Thank care. You.